today's podcast. So today we're actually going to be talking about um, an actual, I guess you could call it a law of attraction, an example of the law of attraction from author Genevieve Berend. She's an author from the early 1900s. And I'll just go ahead with an excerpt from one of her books. This is how she manifested $20,000. So let's let's explore this for a minute. I mean, how many of us have actually manifested something in the amount of $20,000? And this was back in the early 1900s. So could you imagine what that, that actual amount was worth at that time? I mean, probably double or triple what it would be today. So let's let's get into this and let's explore some of the methods that she used. And I'll just go ahead and get right into this excerpt from her book called uh, Your Invisible Power. From the Edinburgh Lectures, I had read something about the law of attraction, and from the chapter of causes and conditions, I had gleaned a vague idea of visualizing. So every night before going to sleep, I made a mental picture of the desired $20,000. bills were counted over each night in my bedroom, and then with the idea of more emphatically impressing my mind with the fact that this $20,000 was for the purpose of going to England and studying with Troward, I wrote my picture, saw myself buying my steamer ticket, walking up and down the ship's deck from New York to London, and finally saw myself accepted at Troward's, as Troward's pupil. Now I want to pause right there. She's saying, she's explaining how she wanted to go and study with a person whom she thought, uh, whom she thought had great knowledge um, about life and the, the principles of life and the law of attraction. And, and this was Thomas Troward. And if you haven't already read his book, The Edinburgh Lectures of Mental Science, it's a very, very good read. It's uh, it's not short by any means, but if you if you listen to the ebook, um, it's it's a great uh, something to listen to in the car. But yes, that is something you definitely want to listen to if you're interested in mental sciences. Okay, going right along, this process was repeated every morning and every evening, always impressing more and more fully upon my mind, Troward's memorized statement, my mind is a center of divine operations. I endeavor to keep this statement in the back part of my consciousness all the time with no thought in my mind as how the money might be obtained. Probably the reason why there was no thought of the avenues through which the money might reach me was because I could not possibly imagine where the $20,000 would come from. So I simply held my thoughts steady and let the, let the power of attraction find its own ways and means. One day, while walking on the street, taking deep breathing exercises, the thought came. My mind is surely a center of divine operation, 
If God fills all space, then God must be in my mind also. I want this money to study with Trower that I may know the truth of life, then both the money and the truth must be mine. Though I am unable to feel or see the physical manifestations of either, still, I declared, it must be mine. Now I want to actually pause right there and take a look at what she said and I think what she just what she thought to herself was a commonly overlooked thing that we all do she said I want to study with Trower so that I may know the truth of life then both the money and the truth must be mine she wanted to study with Trower to learn the truth of life but then she realized that the money and the truth must be mine. I guess my question is, is knowing that the money and the truth already yours, is, is that not the truth of life? Why do we sometimes still insist upon seeking greater knowledge outside of ourselves when the knowledge is already within? So I guess what I'm what I'm actually trying to say is it seems like she had already found her truth. She already knew that it was hers. Yet she still felt like she had to seek out Trower to to I guess confirm it. And I can definitely relate, and I'm pretty sure many listening can relate as well, in this need to seek something outside of ourselves when all that we are seeking is actually within seeking us in a sense okay so that's just a thought so moving right along with the excerpt while these reflections were going on in my mind there seemed to come up from me within a thought i am all the substance there is then from another channel in my brain the answer seemed to come of course that's it Everything must have its beginning in my mind. The I, the idea, must be the only one and the primary substance there is. And there is this means, the money, as well as everything else. My mind accepted this idea and immediately all the tension of my mind and body was relaxed. There was a feeling of absolute certainty of being in touch with all power life has to give. All thought of money, teacher, or even my own personality vanished in the great wave of joy which swept over my entire being. I walked on and on with this feeling of joy steadily increasing and expanding until everything about me seemed to glow with resplendent light every person i passed was illuminated all consciousness of personality had disappeared and in its place there came that great and almost overwhelming sense of joy and contentment now pause right there this is when she realized exactly that i was just explaining she just realized i i do have what i'm looking for 
she said the I, the idea must be the only one and primary substance there is. And this means money as well as everything else. So that was that was kind of like her, her guess, I guess her aha moment. And then she kind of accepted it. She accepted it in its totality. And then she, she came to a, a point of feeling free. And I think that's one of the things that we have to realize in the law of attraction that when we hold on to it with a sense of anxiety, it still controls us. It's like when we kind of let it go and no longer allow it to control us or make us feel anxiety or I want this, I want this, I want this. But when we realize that because it was even a desire in my mind, it's already mine. I've already attained it. It's that feeling of freedom, of being, of knowing that you are taken care of, you are well taken care of. And I think that's what she realized when she felt that joy and contentment. So moving right along in the excerpt, that night when I made my picture of the $20,000, it was with an entirely changed aspect. On previous occasions when making my mental picture, I had felt that I was waking up something within myself. This time there was no sensation of effort. I simply counted over the $20,000, then in a most unexpected manner, from a source of which I had no consciousness at the time, there seemed to open a possible avenue through which the money might reach me. At first it took great effort not to be excited. It all seemed so wonderful so glorious to be in touch with supply but not troward cautioned his readers to keep all excitement out of their minds in the first flush of realization of union with infinite supply and to treat this fact as a perfectly natural result that had been reached through our demand This was even more difficult for me than it was to hold the thought at all. The substance there is, I am, I, idea, am the beginning of all form, visible or invisible. Just as soon as there appeared a circumstance which indicated the direction through which the $20,000 might come, Just as soon as there appeared a circumstance which indicated the direction through which the $20,000 might come, and not only made a supreme effort to regard the indicated direction calmly as the first sprout of the seed I had sown in the absolute, but left no stone unturned to follow up that direction by fulfilling my part. By doing so, one circumstance seemed naturally to lead to another, until step by step, my desired $20,000 was secured. To keep my mind poised and free from excitement was my greatest effort. And this is, its I love the way she explains this because she says, once I realized that basically I am one with the infinite, and that this is natural for the universe to 
to come in and supply all of my needs once, I felt excited. But Troward had taught that just go go about this with a natural feeling. This is just how it is. This is your reality. This is just how it is. So when she realized that, that's when things started to line up. She said, I guess, I guess you could call it a hunch. She got a hunch to move forward with some type of action. And then everything started to flow into her naturally. And there was the $20,000. She had manifested the $20,000. And I want to say this because some people think that the law of attraction is I wish for something and voila, it appears. No, there's a sequence of events. First, there is the desire. The desire arises. You realize the, the desire. Then you realize how you start to think about how can I uh, allow my desire to become manifested? Well, you live in that desire as if it's already fulfilled. So you become joyous. You become thankful. You become grateful. You start seeing joy in everything. And it's almost a sense of contentment and letting go, but it, it's it's letting go and knowing that you already have it. And then things started coming to her. Like she, she did some action. It doesn't say what exactly what she did, but she was moved to do something. And then suddenly there was a sequence of events that led to her getting the $20,000 in the most natural way. She didn't have to force anything. She didn't have to feel anxiety about getting the money. She didn't have to pray and wish and beg and like, you know, just have to force it mentally or feel any type of way about it. It just came in the most harmonious way. And that is what the law of attraction is. All right, so back to the reading. Um, here we go. The first concrete fruition of my study of mental science as expounded by Troward's book had come by a careful following of the methods he had outlined. In this connection, therefore, I can offer to the reading, um, excuse me, to the reader, no better gift than to quote Troward's book, The Eating, The Edinburgh Lectures, from which may derive a complete idea of line of action I was endeavoring to follow. In the chapter on causes and conditions, he says, to get good results, we must properly understand our relation to the great and personal power we are using. It is intelligent, and we are intelligent, and the two intelligences must cooperate. We must not fly in the face of the law expecting it to do for us what it can only do through us, and we must therefore use our intelligence with the knowledge that it is acting as the instrument of a greater intelligence. And because we have this knowledge, we may and should cease from all anxiety as to the final result. In actual practice, we must first form the ideal conception of our object, the definite intention of impressing it upon the universal mind. It is the thought that takes such thought out of the region of mere casual fancies and then affirm that our knowledge of the law is a sufficient reason for a calm expectation of a corresponding result and that therefore all necessary conditions will come to us in due order 
we can then turn to the affairs of our daily life with the calm assurance that the initial conditions are either there already or will soon come into view. If we do not turn uh, to the affairs of our daily life, excuse me, if we do not at once see them, let us rest content with the knowledge that the spiritual prototype is already in existence and wait till some circumstance pointing in that desired direction begins to show itself. So wait till there's some type of subtle sign or or a hunch that you get to do something and then maybe you'll get a phone call or maybe someone will send you an email or maybe you'll get an idea to call someone or go somewhere you I mean who knows how it will play out we don't worry about that part we just do our part in accepting that it's already ours it may be a very small circumstance but it is the direction and not the magnitude that is to be taken into consideration. As soon as we see it, we should regard it as the first sprouting of the seed sown in the absolute and do calmly and without excitement whatever the circumstances seem to require. And then later on, we shall see that this doing will in turn lead to a further circumstance in the same direction until we find ourselves conducted step-by-step to the accomplishment of our object. In this way, the understanding of the great principle of the law of supply will, by repeated experiences, deliver us more and more completely out of the region of anxious thought and toilsome labor and bring us into a new world where the useful employment of all of our powers, whether mental or physical, will only be an unfolding of our individuality upon the lines of its own nature. And therefore, a perpetual source of health and happiness, a sufficient inducement surely to the careful study of the laws governing the relation between the individual and the universal mind. To my mind, then as now, this quotation outlines the core and center of the method and manner of approach necessary for coming in touch with infinite supply. At least it, together with previously quoted statement, my mind is a center of divine operation, constituted the only apparent means of attracting to myself the $20,000. My constant endeavor to get into the spirit of these statements and to attract more to myself is this needed sum was about six weeks at the end of which time I had in my bank the required $20,000. This could be made into a long story, giving all the details, but the facts, as already narrated, will give you a definite idea of the magnetic condition of my mind 
while the $20,000 was finding its way to me. And that's the end of that excerpt. And I just want to point out that she said that the magnetic nature of her mind is what attracted the $20,000. And I just, I wanted to point out that it's, it's not only her mind, it's everyone. Everyone who chooses to employ this method has the ability and there's more than one way to do it. She used an affirmation. Her affirmation was, my mind is a center of divine operation. And and that's the, the affirmation that she was vibrationally in tune with. And so find, if you are employing the law of attraction, find an affirmation that you are in tune with. Now, the thing about affirmations is when you say the affirmation, allow yourself to feel the feeling of it already being being attained when you say the affirmation. So I hope you enjoyed this story of, of Genevieve Berend. Um, She was an author in the early 1900s, and this is how she manifested $20,000. Now, her specific method was affirmations, and she, she actually used the thought of and pretending to count out the $20,000 every night before she went to sleep. And then she, she came to a realization that it's already done, and that's when it was released. She still went about her affirmations, but but in greater joy. And in six weeks, she had manifested $20,000. So I, I guess, you know, to a lot of people, something like this seems impossible. Um, however, I, I believe that this story is 100% truth because I myself have manifested large quantities of money doing, using some of the same techniques so I hope you enjoyed this excerpt, this reading, this analyzation of the law of attraction today. And I hope that you will continue to join me on this journey.